1: Welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Podcast, starring me, Dags, and Johnny Rage. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is a powerful American pop culture podcast, and now, across this powerfully oaken desk from reclaimed wood from the
0: Titanic, is Johnny Rage. Good evening, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Dags, I got a question for you. Tell me you'll never take my press pass away from coming to the podcast. You will not be accosted. I won't be, even if I ask too many dumb questions.
1: But you always ask dumb questions. That's the beauty of it.
0: Uh, but over and over and over, you still won't take my press pass. Yeah, right?
1: they, they should have, that should have went into something physical, like Jim Acosta just getting, uh, what would you do, like clothesline him? Or what What, <laughs> what mean, move would you do?
0: If he was, if I was like up at the podium speaking. Yes. And he was bothering me. What, what, what happened to the good old fashioned, a wrist rocket? What, what about that? You you would shoot a projectile at her? Like a, like a, remember those good old fashioned taconites you'd find up and you'd have a wrist rocket and you'd go shoot squirrels? Taconite, where would you find that? Up on the railroad tracks, (laughs) always. It was perfectly uh, a sphere with a density that would wreak havoc amongst any living animal, even man.
1: Now, taconite, that's near Lake Superior, isn't it? For the lake,
0: yeah. The legend
1: lives on from Johnny Ray, John down from the big lake they call Gushen. But no, if I'm,
0: if I'm, pre- not you think the president should let should have like a wrist rocket? You don't even see wrist rockets anymore. But just pull that baby back and release, even if it's a spitball, a giant. In, spitball. in
1: some parts of the country, it would be a slingshot. A wrist, a rocket. wrist rocket, slingshot. So I don't know if wrist rocket is at a. You know, uh, copyright, you know, how, like Band-Aid is a bandage or Kleenex. Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if, because of our politically correct society, too, if you can even buy them. Any- well, I suppose if you can buy a gun. But I used to get mine over at the local Kmart. But I don't can you buy a wrist rock? We call them wrist rockets for some reason. We did. We call them that. Johnny Rage, what do we got going on in this powerful episode? What's coming on up? Well, now that I got my press pass back and we discussed that topic, um... Kind of a somber day if you're into the Marvel comic thing, because uh, a couple days ago, of course, the death of Stan Lee, we'll talk about that. Um, We have a movie review I saw yesterday, I enjoyed it, it was called Overlord, and one of my all-time favorite movies of last year was King Kong, and at the end of all the credits they promoted the fact that King Kong would meet Godzilla in a future movie, and it sounds like that's in the works. Coming out around 2020 a woman bowls up her wedding dress after her divorce boom of, of 10 years is that is that what i'm reading correctly you're Danks. probably not reading it probably 10 well, kick years kick it off with that tell me about this i want to hear about that
1: well actually before we start i want to say we had a pre-podcast song soul coughing super bon. bon. just is that our song of the day yeah Johnny Rage couldn't believe the bass riff. That was the first <laughs> first thing he did when he heard this. He's like,
0: he's like, God, It's such a worthless instrument. You go to a band. Does anybody, when they're a kid, playing the air guitar, say, "Look at me on the bass, man"? Never. Nobody says that. First of all, you're doing the air drums. Boom. First, Dave of- says to me, "Check out the bass on this, man." I thought he was talking about the bass of the the drummer. Oh, you know. It's kind of an awkward, you have to be kind of ambidextrous, too, or have like a triple joint to run that. The you have to kind of bend your hand on that bass guitar.
1: Geddy Lee, the most powerful bassist ever created. I don't know how
0: many people have said, I mean, really, it's the air guitar, it's the drum, the air drums, nobody ever does. No, here, I, I do air bassoon.
1: I was a master. That at is, that. You are talented. You're,
0: you're, you're an air buffoon is what you mean.
1: Oh, too soon. Blundering buffoon. Stan Lee passed away, the inventor of power tools. Mm-hmm. Uh different
0: one day. Start. Oh, who was it? You're talking about Stan Lee, the brilliant um cartoonist, we'll call him.
1: We won't call him cartoonist. We'll call him editor. We'll call him everything. Powerful. Started in the business in comic books at 19.
0: Don't Jeff, he- don't you uh um have a uh when you hear people that have actually dedicated their lives, I couldn't stick to task that long. And you hear these people they literally like start that stuff when they're like 12 years old. He was probably drawing goofy things underneath the covers with a flashlight when he was a kid. But 19 maybe did it for hire for the first time and then dies at 95. What, I a, mean, what a powerful life. The dedication. I mean, you hear that all the time, you know. And for him to stick that out for that long – and it wasn't always good for them. I mean, Marvel Comics, they had some turbulent times. Yes, they did. So, I don't know. Um, and then the
1: overlord, Disney, came in. And they bought everything. Yeah. Are they, when are they going to buy this podcast? Soon. Are we going to fight it? Or are we going to sell
0: out? Depends on how much they pay us. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what would it take, Dags, if Disney came in here? Check for 100 bucks, scribble. Frick. $1 trillion. That'd be nice.
1: Right. So he, he joined the army at 1942.
0: Right during the height of World yeah. War II. Do people
1: even join anymore like famous people like it was it's cool back then, you know, uh, actors, actresses and everything you find out, you know, they joined like Elvis.
0: Yeah, but Elvis that was kind of symbolic. He never they just kind of toured him around. He never really That's, did that's not the point though. <laughs> Something could happen. Well, no doubt. What's he going to do? I'm sure he's in the rear with the gear. He's not like up in the front lines or You don't know. That. There was yeah, a,
1: a lot of uh, George Bush uh, f- uh, flu fighter jets. I mean, not jets, but they aircraft. Then,
0: back then, did they go in famous or they made a life for themselves and they were famous long after? There's a difference. The point is, they joined the military and we salute them. Veterans Day, not that long ago. We salute all of our vets. I wanted to let everybody know, too, that I did serve. I was a bartender for many years. Boom, boom, I use that all That'll the time. You go to Home Depot, they'll give you a 10% discount if you are a veteran. And I say, hey, I served. Well, you did? Well, we'll give you the discount. Do you have proof of it? Just call my boss. I'm a bartender down the road. Yeah, and your Call of Duty service doesn't count. That doesn't count? No, that should. It, does.
1: it should. Yeah, They'll give you a unlock.
0: Tell us about Stan Lee. I mean, but it was
1: cool. He had different stuff, like Spike TV. He had Stripperella, animated cartoon. He had... Uh, that that show, did you ever watch it? Uh, Stan Lee's Superhumans? I did not. It was great. It had like, people that could do superhuman things, and you don't know if they were real or not. You know, guys that could swim incredible distances. It yeah. was a cool show. And then, of course... That all... sounds
0: like uh, Fran Tarkington hosted a show. Like oh,
1: that. yes. That's incredible? That's incredible, yes. Oh, my God. What they came don't...
0: out first? Fran Tarkington, that's incredible. Oh, Fran
1: Tarkington, yeah. A that's, Minnesota Viking? That's that's incredible. was... Powerful show. Who else was on there? John
0: Davidson? Oh, boy. I yes. No, it was a woman. They, they always have a woman. Yeah, it was well, they. Fran had, Tarkington. Just like this show, we have you. Yeah, There's
1: always a woman. And I have
0: breasts to prove it,
1: too. So. Um, I mean, you think about his characters Stanley, Spider Man, Iron Man, The Hulk, Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Daredevil. Yeah. I mean, think of all the movies, all the everything. I, I think about the inspiration. It's not only what he created, but the inspiration of all the
0: other artists. Like for example, are you talking about DC Comics or what? Because they were weren't they kind of he actually
1: thing? he actually worked for DC too, also. And I heard your ACDC little no trivia. Who? Oh. Back in black. Yeah. But yeah, all the different people that he inspired—that's that's what's cool. I think. You know, you think about all the directors, all the movies. You know, Disney bought Marvel.
0: Now, when you take a look at. I'm not, I mean, everybody knows Stan Lee. You were off, before we were We were talking, before we did this podcast, you said a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon right now because Marvel is just so popular. Everybody's pretending like they knew who Stan Lee was. I argued with that a little bit differently, a little bit, because to me, that's like a iconic name, uh, Stan Lee, um... Just uh, and also the guy from Disney, Disney. I mean, everybody knows who those people are. You don't. I mean, you don't have to be a comic enthusiast, is what I'm saying.
1: No, but what I'm saying is, he became more popular with his cameos in movies. Like every Marvel movie, he had a cameo. And my idea was in a movie to have feature like a cool R&B band Mm -hmm. from the '80s and just have them, like you know, like cameo. Word up, tell me
0: what's the word.
1: Now, what you know, why don't why aren't rappers called MCs anymore? That's what I want to know. That's a very good
0: question. Yes, master of ceremonies. We should maybe uh, we should call you MC Johnny Rage. MC Johnny Rage. Yeah, I like the I like the flavor of that. Yep. You can do that. Um when uh here's the thing about Stan Lee. I was doing a brief little um historic recollection of the man. Like any person that does the amount of things that he did he had a crew it wasn't only stan lee yes and and a lot of people thought he was getting way too much credit for the 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 world that he built yes because he didn't do it alone yes but for some reason he was able to market himself as like he was the sole if, if for the for the layperson who doesn't know the marvel franchises and stan lee they might think stan lee created that entire thing but that's not true he had an entire crew that did that. Correct. And there was some bitterness toward him because they felt he was getting all the recognition and they were not. It's like Edison, Thomas Edison. Thank you, Thomas Edison, for giving us the medicine in the best years of our life. Yes, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. Thomas Edison having
1: uh, people, you know, inventing, doing all of the work, but he gets the credit. A lot of the powerful artists back in the day had had uh, people actually painting the paintings for him. And they would sign it. There's a lot of that going on.
0: Yeah, but here's so, my question. My, so oh, sorry. It, it's
1: like stand-up, like the late night shows, when they do their stand-up, you know, their monologue. Yeah. They'll have 10, 10 comedians writing that stuff for him.
0: Right. I, I get that. But when it comes to Stan Lee, my question is, did he create, Spider-Man and the cast and crew, or did other people create and he put his name on it? Well, there
1: was co-creators. There was Jack Kirby as another powerful artist. When you think Stanley, you should think Jack Kirby. But all in all, you know, you think it's like Steve Jobs or any of those iconic people. I think, for one, Stanley would tell you that he had a crew behind him, people helping. You know, I don't know. Do
0: you think it was because of his cool name? I mean, it's so easy to say, it just rolls off your tongue. Stan, so easy to say, Stan Lee. Stan, I mean, if you got a guy like John Jacob Jinkleheimer Schmidt helped us on this, it just doesn't roll Well, out.
1: his name was my name too. Yes. Stanley Lieber was his okay. actual Actually, But he, he name.
0: marketed to the Stan Lee. I mean, so let me ask you. Dags. It's kind of
1: like me. My full name is Dags McPherson. I love it. I that just name. go by Dags, like share.
0: So who had more impact? Disney or Stan Lee? Two very similar backgrounds, but what do you think? Who had more impact, Disney or, or Stan Lee? Walk Disney. Is it walk? Walk like
1: an Egyptian.
0: No, you don't want to weigh in on that? That's, a, that's, a little, that's not a rhetorical question. I'd say takes.
1: Disney. That's what I just said. Walk, walk Disney. Okay, it sounded like you had something in
0: your mouth. Walk. Yeah. This powerful microphone. Yeah, definitely Walt Disney more, uh, but, um, and then I wonder how much did Stan Lee really have to do, I mean, it's gotten to be such a huge franchise, let's, over the last five years, would you agree? How much did he actually, how much input did he, have, how much hands-on did he have for the last five years?
1: Yeah, but that's not really the point. I mean, the point is the bulk of those characters that you see in the movies came out in the 60s. Right. And he created all that. Right. And, and Disney just bought rights to it.
0: So, you're saying it doesn't matter that they've apps, you know, that they, they have these um, gross figures that are in the damn near the billions, even though he had nothing to do with it. He was the concept behind no,
1: it. No, he had something to do with it, but later on, no. I mean, it's just like, yeah, he was an impetus of it. Of course, he had everything to do with it.
0: Okay. Well, R.I.P., dude.
1: Who is your favorite character from the Marvel Universe? Spider-Man, Iron Man, Hulk, Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Daredevil.
0: Well, the list goes on and on. When it comes to the Marvel Universe, I am not as deep into it as most. I always have to say that I do. I, don't know why I you I know, know, I don't know why you say that, but I love that. I love that Spider-Man cartoon that was a half hour that was on after school. But when I'd come home from school back in the late seventies, early yeah, yeah. you, you got to say it was one of the best theme songs ever. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can is he strong listen bud he's got radio <laughs> to me life is a great Da-da. come on chime in I, I love
1: the, I, the beginning of it the first you know the the, the opening riff of that song is the best God, and then it. then it goes into the bass so just a powerful jazz tune man
0: is he strong listen bud He's got radio. I love the
1: the animation too. It's
0: powerful. What is that? Oh no.
1: The Scorpion. He's loose. (laughs) That's right, Spider-Man. I am loose.
0: (laughs) Just like your girlfriend. Uh I'd I'd have to say I like the tried and true. I, I I don't like all I mean, you go to a Marvel movie and I'm like, when did this guy come into the I've never heard of this this thing that's in front of me? I like the thing. The thing, you've got the the, this guy and that guy, and it's like, no, just give me Spider-Man. However, how worthless in the realm of things is Spider-Man when you look at some of the powers like Venom has? I mean, if if Venom were to fight Spider-Man, Spider-Man would get his ass kicked. Well, first of all, if it wasn't for Spider-Man, there would be no Venom. I know. You'll have to give me the backstory on that sometime. because. So you like Spider-Man, though? I would have to say, I like his color. I like uh, what he stands for. Um, Did you like Lou Ferrigno in the Hulk TV series? Oh, I love that too. Yeah. That was yeah, good. The Hulk was cool. I didn't like uh, how, of course, in uh, the Avengers, the Hulk just pussed up big time. I'm not coming up that. that like, well, that yeah. was horrible. Yeah. It, I didn't get that. It's like, no, that was dude. terrible. I mean, so I. I Hulk I, smash. I'd say Spidey. How about you? What's your favorite? Spider-Man.
1: Spider-Man? Yeah. But I do enjoy all of them.
0: You know, that would be a great Twitter poll. Who is your favorite superhero? Can you do? Can our, can our people do that for us, Diggs? Yeah.
1: Keep talking. I'm going to write that down.
0: You need to write that down? I mean, that's not- Yes. I don't have- <laughs> I got to write it down. Twitter poll. Okay. Can you spell it? Should I spell it out for you? Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Twitter, poll. Twitter alert. Twitter alert. Twitter alert. We're going to find out. We're going to ask the flock- when it comes to, and a tribute to Stan Lee, what was his best work? Which superhero, and it, does it have to be the Marvel world? Can they step over to DC? Well, I
1: mean, if you're going to do Stan Lee, of course you're going to have to stand. Do you just want to say your favorite superhero or, and just pick a couple choices? Do we even have to pick? Why
0: don't we let people pick for themselves?
1: It's a poll. I have to pick. The way, the way a poll works is you have to lay out how many, you know, pick three characters and which one is your favorite.
0: Well you're always by the book, aren't you? Well that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um what well, hey. Johnny Rage is not on what, the whatever side. our whatever our tech team decides to do. I just want to find out, but I don't like to limit it like that. What if somebody likes So you just want to leave it's not a poll then. you just want an open question. Well what, what I'm sorry for the semantics of it. It's not a poll. Let's find out who the most popular Well how it works is a poll is voting. Like I just I just had a
1: powerful Twitter poll. Okay. And we, we talk okay. about those results. But so you wanna on this one you just want to open question who is your favorite superhero?
0: Yes. And if that doesn't get enough response, then we'll go to your poll.
1: No, it'll get millions okay. of hits, okay. millions of responses. So Twitter poll. Yes. As we speak, I'm gonna pull that up. We had a powerful Twitter poll. The question was from Johnny Rage, who is your favorite musical group from these choices? And the choices were the Bangles, The Go-Go's, Spice Girls, and Bananarama.
0: Can I guess? Absolutely, you can guess. I'm going to say the Spice Girls one hands down.
1: Do you want me to just go through them or tell you No, go won? ahead. I,
0: I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm logging that. Duly note that I say the Spice
1: Girls. Yeah, I got it. So do you want me to say the winner? Do you want me to just read down the list? How about fewest votes first, all right? Fewest to most popular. Go ahead. Bananarama, 4%. Doesn't shock me. Now, see, I, I think this is bullshit. And but I it's your poll. No, listen to me. Okay. Do you want to hear me out? I'm very okay. upset I demand a recount. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's something wrong with this voting. and demand a recount. Okay. I'm All just right. telling you that right now. Because I'm going to go through here down in the barn, and I'm sure I'm going to find boxes of ballots that didn't get out. A empty. On file. Twitter. Yep. Okay. So, Bananarama, 4%. Next would be the Spice Girls at 19%. Oh, wow.
0: Okay. I'm wrong.
1: Next, the Bangles, 29%. And the winner, drums please. the Go-Go's, 48%. Nah,
0: that doesn't shock me. I forgot about the Go-Go's. But yeah. my Spice Girls, And I the guess, people that
1: didn't vote, obviously, their lips were sealed. But the winner is the Go-Go's, 48%.
0: Oh, I should have stuffed your box, pal. Sorry, I didn't. Dirty. Yes, it is. Meant to be. Meant to be. I want to know about this woman who blew up her wedding dress after her divorce.
1: Yeah, so she uh, used the powerful binary explosive tannerite, put it out in uh, Texas, put her wedding dress out. They wanted to do like 100 yards out, but they were afraid, "Ah, that's a little too powerful. So she put it out, 200 yards out, set up the explosive tannerite, shot it with a powerful rifle. The first shot, she hit it, smithereens. Did you watch a video? This. There is and I can I'll put that in the show notes
0: on That's our website. So Please
1: you do go to our website, right? amishbabymachine.com
0: Yeah, I do. Yes. Often. We all yes. do. I didn't want to get myself into trouble when you said website. Yes. So, anyway. Yes.
1: All your websites are blocked on this yes. computer.
0: Yes. Yes. Um interesting concept. I wonder what the her your ex-husband really, did to her to Yeah, you really well, gotta like the dude to blow up the wedding dress. Yeah, I wonder what he did. Do we have the background story on this? What exactly did... Um...
1: I'm going to have Jim Acosta look into it for
0: me. Oh, okay. Yep.
1: Yeah, he'll bully his way into well, it. Well, he's get not to...
0: doing anything else,
1: right? Yeah, he'll get to the bottom of it. He'll
0: get to the bottom. He's bored. He's got nothing to do. But I will put that on the show notes. Um, Dags, I want to get your take on something. You're an SNL fan, right? Saturday Night Live. from so... the From the beginning, I've enjoyed that. Did you watch this past week, I may ask? I did. What did you think of the Pete Davidson, Dan Crenshaw skit?
1: It was good. I I liked how he apologized. I liked how the guy got in some zingers. Obviously, he's not a comedian, so he doesn't have the powerful timing of someone such as Johnny Rage.
0: But didn't you think that made it funnier because of the fact that he isn't a seasoned comedian, that he was just getting after it? I thought that made it more funny than if he would have been like this seasoned comedian. No, well, I guess not.
1: No, no. I mean, you're right. I mean, obviously, he's not seasoned comedian, so it's going to come off.
0: You know, obviously, someone wrote jokes for him. I think the bigger story on that, though, is why. Usually, a lot of times, people just blow through stuff. I mean, do you think the—what the, the, made Saturday Night Live, or did Pete Davidson do it on his own? Who made them do that apology? firestorm I was mean, there because oh. i didn't hear a firestorm was there a firestorm
1: yeah there's this thing called the internet perhaps you should get on yeah internet. huge huge firestorm i'm going is on that
0: different from britannica yes
1: it is cyclopedia brown britannica yeah there's huge firestorm and they're i'm coming hard at
0: them well now they being the right everyone okay because I consider myself a guy who watches, I keep my a close pulse on what's happening. And I didn't see there, I was looking for, because I saw it when it happened. I was watching it live and I thought, wow, we have really sunk to a level. I'm so happy that they did do that. They did the apology because I'm like, we have just entered a level I never thought we could get to. And, and of course, um, by bringing them back and having the apology, the way they did for one moment in time, whether you're right, left, um, ambidextrous, we all were aligned with our thinking. And I think everybody was like a silent, well, thank you for that. Do you, do you agree with that assessment or what are your thoughts?
1: Well, there is a couple different ways to look at it, like freedom of speech. Does he have the right to joke whatever he wants? And then you have the right not to watch the show. I mean, I think it all turned out well. With him going on there, everyone joking around. He didn't want an apology. He just, he wanted an actual donation to a charity. Did so, that ever happen? So we don't know if that happened.
0: Okay. I, I just, I just wonder how that was, if Pete Davidson just felt low. You said there was a firestorm. I get that. There's a firestorm every time Trump says something, but he never apologizes, of course. But
1: no, but I'm saying a firestorm and it gets to money. Right. So it gets to advertising and that's the bottom line. So I don't know, it's cool he apologized. It's funny. I think they they both said just move on. Sometimes comedians, they you know, they're they're scratching for jokes and sometimes they go over the line and who knows what the line is and there's a lot of people that think comedy is too pol- politically correct anyway. So
0: too politically correct or too politically charged? I think too politically charged. If it was too politically correct, we wouldn't they wouldn't say anything. Like Stephen Blower. but um, I just, I just would like to know if that came from Pete Davidson or if he was forced to do that. I need the background on that. I guess we need yes, to, uh, our people. Acosta will look into it for us. Again, he's not doing anything. What else has he
1: got to do, huh? We would like to thank everyone that listens to this powerful podcast. Please go to Patreon.com. There's links in our website AmishBabyMachine.com. Patreon.com is a great place where you can help support our podcast. You should also make sure you go to follow us on Twitter at Machine. Check out Instagram, follow us there. Also, go to our Facebook page, like us on Facebook. And please go to iTunes, subscribe and download our podcast, and do us a huge favor, leave us a review. That helps us with our rankings. The five-star review is the best. Also, great news, guys. We have powerful new merch. We got new t-shirts, mugs, everything. Check us out. Go to our website, amishbabymachine.com. Links for our powerful new merch. Everything you buy helps support this podcast. And we really thank you for it.
0: The ultimate unification of pop culture and comedy. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast.
1: Now, Johnny Rage, you just saw a new movie over the weekend. Yep. Tell, the,
0: tell the flock, the flock of Amish, what movie you enjoyed. I saw my weekly movie. I like to try to see at least one, um, especially on Tuesday, because it's five bucks Tuesday. Um, Diggs, you actually pulled this one up for me. I, this one slipped through the cracks. It's called Overlord. Yeah, yeah I wonder. And it shocks you didn't know me, it. it shocks me because it was done by JJ Abrams, who was the um director of all the Cloverfields, and by the way, they're going to make a fourth Cloverfield. I don't that's been confirmed. But um JJ Abrams with his Bad Robot, you know I'm a a robot fan. That's the name of his production company, Bad Robot. But he um this, is, this takes us back to, speaking of 1942, Stan Lee could have been in this movie, because that's when Stan Lee entered the armed forces, but see how I'm tying that together here? Powerful callback. Yeah, it was. Uh, but Stan Lee didn't make a cameo in this one, unfortunately. Um, 1940, it's set in um, World War II. We have a, um, a mission. It's called D-Day. I think we all are well aware of what that was. Um, Dags Day day. Not quite, but close. Um, the paratroopers have to fly into Germany and the mission that they have is they have to wipe out a radio tower so that the Germans can't monitor the activities and report back of what the allies are doing as they advance Normandy beach and all the different beaches. So their objective is to wipe out um, a um, radio tower and the Germans, of course, put the radio tower on top of a church. And um, pretty cool. The, 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 um, if every, Saving Private Ryan, I'll never forget when, that, when I saw that in the movie theater. I was actually eating a big barrel of popcorn. One of the rare times in my life that I stopped eating when I, when I saw that scene where they open up those bolts. There's a name for those bolts, digs, Maybe you know what they're called, those troop carriers. They bring them in. And they show guys who are throwing up. You always have to have the, the guy that throws up on them before they start their mission. They had that yesterday too. The, you know, because shit's hitting the fan. These B twenty nine, not a B twenty nine, but these these, um, air fortresses that bring these paratroopers in, and and the Germans catch them. So they're 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 firing up upon them. And They got the searchlights going, and the the planes around them are blowing up, and they got to get off this 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 plane because if they don't, they're gonna. They might not be able to make their, the, the, the jump, so they have to go much sooner than they thought. And the best, the best part of the movie is probably the first 15 minutes of it. So if you shut it off at that point, I would say you, you, you didn't see the whole thing, but it was pretty good. Um, and, of course, they missed their landing. There was about 30 of them. Uh, half of them die. Half of them get lost. Half of them get captured. So they end up with about four left. And their job is to still do their mission. And their mission, again, is to blow out the radio tower on top of the church so that they can prevent the Nazis from communicating to let everybody know where the, the position is of the allies coming into to D-Day. So they continue on. They walk through the woods, through the forest, trying to elude themselves from the Nazis because they're right in the heart of Germany at this point. Well, when they get to this castle or this church, they find out there's much more going on than what they originally thought. And it's a newer movie. Do I continue on, Dags? Are you on the edge of your seat? Yes. You want more? We want more. The flock demands it. So they, they come to this church, and they find out that the Germans are actually doing experiments in the basement of this church with the French residents who they've captured, or anybody for that, for that matter. It could have been a...
1: Um, like baking soda and vinegar, making cool volcanoes experiments?
0: Army, could have been an army sho- shoulder. Could have been a pork shoulder a roast shoulder. Um, they pick these guys up, and what they do is they bring them to the catacombs of this, of this church, and they do these real freaky experiments. And they're tr- the bottom line is they're trying to concoct um, some type of a genetic um, thing that will... A al- super soldier? A super... Sh- thank you. Very nice. Did you see the movie?
1: No, but I'm, think- su- I'm thinking about Captain America. A
0: super shoulder soldier. A super shoulder shoulder um and that's uh kind of the, the 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 story is how wow we've got two things we got to do not only do we have to knock out the radio tower but now we got to take off this evil laboratory that's concocting these monstrous creatures i mean these are these deformed people who have these these superhuman like strengths it actually kind of i was telling dags yesterday reminding me almost of a marvel type superhero hum- superhero how they originally got they always have that Storyline, how they get their superpowers. The origin. The origin of it. This almost could be a Marvel movie. It was along those lines. And I will say no more.
1: So what you're saying is that J.J. Abrams may have been influenced by Stan Lee and his powerful Marvel universe.
0: I would say very much so. Yes, it my take. Um, because it's very reminiscent of what you might see. Um, and like I said, in a Marvel movie with the way they the laboratory was cooking up these concoctions to create these super soldiers. And Stan
1: Lee was uh, influenced by Errol Flynn movies and that kind of swashbuckling.
0: And then who was Errol Flynn inspired by? The Boy. Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz? Errol Flynn was the actor. I know he was. So yes. I'm, just trying to, I'm trying to date him. Well, I was trying to be kind of funny, but it didn't work. No, Funny. It, it, well, it may have worked, but it really didn't. If I only had a brain. <laughs> so anyway, you get the gist. It's called Overlord. It's in the movie theaters right now. I don't think it's been out long. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a huge blockbuster because I don't think J.J. Abrams, Cloverfield and whatnot, I think they do well. I think you have to be a little deranged like I am to enjoy his movies. You're saying they're more cultish? Uh, t- a shade, A shade bit. A
1: bit, a wee bit. You know, the Amish baby machine is like a cult, but we're a fun cult.
0: I'd like to be in a fun Please cult. Please join.
1: You are the flock of Amish.
0: That's awesome. Okay.
1: So what movie does, did it remind you of?
0: Well, I just told you, kind of a Marvel movie. I thought it reminded me even of... of uh, like... So
1: it didn't remind you of a war movie? You just think of a superhero movie? No,
0: no, you, you definitely know you're in a World War II war movie. There's no doubt. Um, because that's the, the overall theme is that they're going into behind German, right in the heart of Germany, but the way there's this laboratory and how I've seen, um, you know, the laboratory for, for, um, Venom and they're, they're trying to concoct this thing and the, the same thing for, uh, um, oh, who's the guy that, um, did really well, uh, in the movie Deadpool, same thing with Deadpool, how they put him through this little different torturous things, and eventually he became who he is. That's what that reminds me. I guess Deadpool. Kind Frankenstein's of. monster. Something like that. Yes. yosh. So if you're into the Marvel thing, I think you'll be marveling at this. If you're into the sci-fi, if you're into World War II, there's kind of different genres that it hits. And I think it worked. Um, but you be the judge. Go see it and let me know. Give me some feedback on the Twitters. So you enjoyed it? I did. I'm gonna give it five buggy wheel being the best. I would say three point five.
1: Now let me ask you this about the special effects, the CGI. Did it look? Did the weapons? Did the tanks? The airplanes? Did everything look good? Did it look cheesy to you? No, no.
0: there, there was. It was all looked uh, very realistic. Um, I know we had dolls when we went into that movie with Jared Butler that we saw. We saw some of the commercials. It looked like the uh, submarine looked too fake, but as we went to the movie, we noticed it wasn't as bad as we thought. But no, it was actually pretty cool. Um, they have those tracers on those machine guns. Uh, one of the dude is hiding in the in the weeds, and the, the Germans just unleash on them. And those tracers were used at night, so they knew where their bolts were actually going, and they have those in there. And they're loud. You know, they always crank those machine guns up to make it sound. It's like, were those guns really that uh, powerful back in World War Two? um it every bit hit the mark in terms of the CGI and whatnot. I thought they did a great job with the special effects. The sound was good, like you were saying in the
1: Private Ryan when, the, when they unleashed, when they opened up with the machine guns.
0: Yeah, and that, that, speaking of which, saving Private Ryan, you know how Tom Hanks would go into that moment where all of a sudden his hearing was lost. Yes. And the world was slow-mo. They did that a couple of times in this movie as well, too, when a couple of uh, bombs went off and, and near misses. Did they so. do
1: the bullets in the water? That's another thing that you see. It's so funny when you see a movie and they do things like, like I'm trying to remember the first movie I heard where you he- heard the bullets chirp by your ears. You know, t-t-t-t-t-t-t. like in uh, um Forrest Gump, in that scene in Vietnam when he's rescuing everyone. Mm-hmm. In the movie theater, it was really cool. The surround, all the bullets were just chirping right past your ears. Right. And in Saving Private Ryan. The audio was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean the opening scene was awesome. The bullets, you know going underwater, like you said in the the audio of like going deaf.
0: Well, that happened too in Hunter Killer, where the dude ran off the pier. He was trying to evade being shot, and then he got he did get shot where the bolts came through the water it will, and and actually took him out. But yeah, those scenes that they they when they lose their hearing and they lose, you can tell they don't they they break that down so perfectly because you're never really going to experience that, and hopefully you don't. But if you were, that's how you'd picture that—a near miss. Um, just they—they they do a great job with that, especially Saving Private Ryan with Tom Hanks. Great movie, great opening scene, just like this one yesterday. Overlord,
1: a great, uh, a great scene where the the losing the hearing is Copland when Sylvester Stallone.
0: Yeah, I have to watch that. You told me about that one.
1: Yes, you have to watch a lot of movies in Copland. He loses his hearing and goes through this whole sequence of where he's still fighting, but he's, it's completely deaf. So the way, they, the way the director and everyone involved made that scene, I thought was really cool.
0: Did they have subtitles? They didn't, didn't
1: need it. It's like music, good music. The space in between the notes is just as empower, just as important and powerful as the notes are themselves. Boy, that's the profound. silence. That's profound. You are profound. Yes. Yes. That's yes. why a lot of times the silence on this podcast when I mute or edit out Johnny Rage, that's what makes this podcast powerful. Those things when you don't hear him.
0: So I shouldn't talk would be really powerful.
1: Yeah. Well most like I said, most of the time I edit out, I mute sound effects. Like right there, that powerful data. Yes, that was I try, powerful. I tried to add the power. The, that was the humor, powerful. the
0: power. <laughs> yes,
1: the power and the glory.
0: Speaking of movies, did we talk Godzilla versus King Kong?
1: Did we? Yeah. Maybe you should remember.
0: This is a senior moment. Or is this a moment I should just pause? Silence is golden. Um, <laughs> coming up. You, yeah, go ahead, hit it, Diggs.
1: Coming up in 2020. Johnny Rage, are you excited for King Kong versus Godzilla?
0: Really excited for it. I thought that was going to be the next coming out. Or
1: is it Godzilla versus King Kong? Because you like to flip the titles.
0: Does it matter at that point? No. But tell us your thoughts on the upcoming movie 2020. Well, as you remember in the original one, if you waded through the credits like I did, they actually promoted the fact that King Kong and Godzilla were going to ultimately fight. Well, lo and behold, King Kong, or excuse me, there's going to be a Godzilla movie coming out. I believe around Christmas or spring. Don't quote me on that. I thought, sweet, here it is. I mean, what an epic battle. I mean, we remember that as children, Godzilla versus King Kong. Is there any more epic battle than those two? I mean, it's almost it's as good as Rocky versus Apollo Creed. I mean, iconic things, matching head-to-head fighting. Do you remember in that old claymation version? Or that older version? Who actually won the fight, Godzilla versus King Kong?
1: That is a good question. You'll have to tune in. I know that King Kong uh, got power from lightning. I thought that was kind of cool. Lightning strikes. And we all know that Godzilla is powered by the atomic bomb. Who is your favorite out of those two? Are they heroes or villains or are they just misunderstood? Godzilla (laughs) or King Kong? Who is your favorite?
0: Um, they both have a warm place in my heart. They do. How does that sound? If I was a young boy and had a train set around, I wouldn't be a fan of Godzilla because he'd step all over it.
1: Yeah. Why is that? They're always going to work.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Give me the Godzilla noise. You do it perfectly. uh, uh (laughs) And he picks them up and. Yeah. He's just evil. They're just trying to go to work. These people leave them alone. I know. Leave them alone. Step over them. It's not like a, a lazy or what? He just kicks things. Um, I guess. In the movie King Kong, Godzilla King Kong had a soft side to himself. Where he actually defended the humans. I don't recall Godzilla ever doing that. So I'd have to say King Kong would be my uh, be my favorite of the two. Now, what
1: do you think of the de- depictions of King Kong? Sometimes they make him look like a monkey. Sometimes he looks like a gorilla, an ape. What is your favorite depiction of him? Um, because apes have Gorillas have those giant five heads, you know. They have those big
0: cone heads,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then sometimes they make them. I guess I never think about it that much. How they display the character, it's how realistic is it? Like the last one that I saw. Well, that's what
1: I'm saying. I mean, r- realism versus monkey, chimpanzee, or a
0: or a gorilla. Well, when I say realism, I mean his interaction with humans, his interaction with, um, with the the monster that he's fighting. How realistic is the CGI? That's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking, well, that doesn't quite look like a monkey of the the species of monkey. No, I'm not looking at that. I'm not there to do that much in depth. Yeah, and, but
1: he's an ape, you know, king of the apes. Well, I want to be
0: I just want to be entertained.
1: I mean I know you're a simple man. I mean Now it, let me ask you this uh, about Godzilla. Ask me. Your depiction of Godzilla. What do you like? Do you like him earlier depictions or the newer? Do you like more reptilian, more or do you like him more looking like T Rex? I,
0: I love back when I was a kid how they depicted him in that stupid foam costume that somebody was it's running It's not stupid.
1: In. It was wonderful. It
0: was, it was awesome. For that time and that moment, that worked for me. But now that I'm so sophisticated and I watch a lot of movies, I want Godzilla to evolve with me. And I think the newer depiction. Fits well, also. So, uh, to answer your question, I'm going to say both.
1: I don't know what that means. So, you like him looking more reptilian? Do you like like his giant back scales? Do you like that bigger? Do you like his? They have a smaller head. They almost make it look. You didn't listen to a word I said. Yeah, I
0: did. Well, what did I say? I said they both worked for me because of the time it was. I like the old version of them, of that, of the original Godzilla movie, and now they evolved and made him look more like a uh like a steven spielberg jurassic park dinosaur and that worked also you think he was streamlined he was more streamlined you think he looks
1: like a t-rex dinosaur now yeah kind of he would no his head it looks totally different
0: well yeah but he's upright t-rex is upright so there you go
1: yeah i mean he has the the scales like he reminds me like a stegosaurus i prefer the old godzilla I enjoy the sense of humor. The old Godzilla had a sense of humor. He would dance, do you remember? But he would box. Remember that? He would do the rope-a-dope. Yeah.
0: But how would that how well would that work in a movie today?
1: Well, why wouldn't it work? I mean, look at look at Dead, Deadpool had little baby legs. Right? Yeah. And it was also a superhero movie.
0: I, I do like the boxing when Godzilla would pull it off that was funny and he would dance like he said crisscross is big he kind of has like these goalie pad looking legs you know where they're yeah they're wide. powerful but i don't think that would bode too well no i think him, it man. would
1: because people love nostalgia they made him too dark they he lost he lost he's just uh he's just a cgi being to me now okay he lost that humanity if you will the sense of humor the like like i always talk about that it's always film and it's rainy and dark Right. I want him to attack on a blue sky. Just a lovely <laughs> cumulus clouds. Birds are chirping.
0: Yeah, I know. That would. and how about he attack you and just grab your your head and just go, Argh!
1: I don't know, but I
0: like Godzilla.
1: I think they need to someone needs to maybe do a reboot. I hate reboots, but if you're gonna do it, make him just with CGI or however you want to do it, but make a modern version of if back then if they had the the technology and the movie making skills they had now, back then, and would make the Godzilla, mm, the, I, a Japanese interpretation of it.
0: Yeah. Well, um, they, they, yeah, I think they. No, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna stick to my answer. I, I,
1: well, let me ask you about King Kong. Ask, going ask back, me whatever you want. Going, Go on,
0: going back. To, I'm a King Kong
1: expert. Going back to King Kong, what, Correct. what depiction do you like? You asked me that already. Yes, the it, King Kong in the movies. So you're saying you, want, you just like the way the characters evolved, and as far as King Kong, you could care less of what he looks like.
0: I guess I don't look at it. I want to be entertained. I like to see how realistic he appears in the movie with others, with humans or with a giant snake, whatever it might be, whatever he's battling at that moment in time. I don't look at how true his characteristics are of the species of of apes i don't i don't think of that doesn't even come to mind what if they made him an orangutan big deal that's what we have planted the apes for remember they had all those orangutans they had multiple different apes and they don't call them
1: orangutans anymore it's like orangutan or whatever they call them yeah so you you could care less if they made godzilla a giant chimpanzee you you could care less
0: well then we'd have to call him B.J. the Bear and his best friend McKay or whatever. Oh, powerful, powerful movie. Yeah, no, I mean they wouldn't do that. I mean it's you, you're 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 straying too far. I mean, um, look what they've done with some of the Marvel characters you've told me about. Totally, have changed them, um, over time.
1: Yes, and I hate
0: change. I mean, look at look at DC when when Batman took on. Uh, I'll never understand Batman versus Superman. What anyway? We have that, but look at Batman's costume. You mean Iron Man's costume? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. It's like look at how they've evolved that and changed that. It happens all the time because they gotta keep up with the ages, Dags. You're not hip to us. No, man. They,
1: they don't need to change. You
0: it. ain't hip, man. You're not hip to us.
1: They don't need to change anything. Well for keep... an
0: old man, you're right, but for us hipsters, we'll... You
1: keep it keep it exactly the same. You come up with a new character. Keep it simple, stupid. You keep the same character you just, if you want a new character, then you make a new character. You don't take Spider-Man and change him. Like how I hated, they took Green Goblin. Willem Dafoe, powerful actor, would have been a great Norman Osborn, but then the costume for the Green Goblin, they made it some mech exoskeleton suit. Stupid.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else that comes to mind that they completely ruined when it came to the that's why you shouldn't read the book, because you have no expectations. I, some of the stuff I didn't realize was a book, and people come out, you'll overhear them, people I don't know, not as good as the book was. I'm like, geez, I didn't even know that was a book. <laughs> I know. It's, it'd be cool to be like you. <laughs> they just walk through life and enjoy. You're, just you're like, enjoy. Um, no, you're a simple man. That's I'm cool. I'm just trying to think if anything comes to mind how they totally ruin something. Hollywood usually does a pretty good job bringing a book to life. Um, nothing comes to mind that they totally ruin, but maybe... Maybe our flock can say, no, wait a minute, Johnny Rage, how about this, this, and this? But, yeah, I think they do a pretty good job, old Hollywood.
1: All I'm saying is the dinosaurs, how they disappeared, that was an
0: inside job. Inside job, disappeared. Hmm, okay. Diggs, are you a fan? I know you like Star Wars. I like the first three movies, that's it. I agree with you on that. They did uh is that franchise? I mean, look what happened to Solo. I mean, we're jumping off my topic, but let's talk a little Star Wars. Solo bomb miserably. Is there an end in sight for Star Wars? I hope so. Or did Disney did, did Disney buy that with the they they paid like four billion for the rights to it? So their ambition and goal was to just pound out merchandise, pound out movies, get that four billion paid. And capitalize on Star Wars. They even made the the, the Star Wars theme park is going to open up here within the next year.
1: That's Yeah, that's why you wonder if Walt Disney was still alive. If he'd do that? Or what, might... what what Disney would really be like instead of just, to me, a big money-making
0: machine. I mean, aren't, isn't Disney... Don't they have deep enough pockets to maybe make their own version of a Star Wars? Or is Star Wars so iconic that they just had to have it? And they, I think they grossly overpaid for it. Well,
1: have they created anything, or are they just... Milk? Well, they, yeah, Milk. Disney,
0: Snow White, and the Seven Dwarfs. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah.
1: Have they created anything lately? It's just milking everything else, buying the Muppets, buying the
0: Marvel, buying everything. Buying the Amish Baby podcast. Not yet. Coming soon. Um, very valid point. They just, I guess it's just sheer laziness. They just buy. It's, nah, we're not it's,
1: it. it's like Apple. Are they going to keep creating after Steve Jobs' death? Did he have a lot of stuff in the vault? Are they going to come up with something new, or are they... I mean, what is the last thing they came up with that was new? Apple.
0: Well, they came up with the was Steve Jobs part of the watch or was he already gone? I think he was already dead. That's a good question. I got to look. I mean, he had the iPad, uh,
1: iPhone. I mean,
0: he definitely hit... I
1: mean, the watch, if you really think about it, is it really that big of a stretch? It's just an iPad on a watch.
0: Well, I mean, basically an iPad is just a computer flat. If you want to go to those extents.
1: No, I'm saying the the iPhone was a huge deal. I mean, people had flip phones, and then it went to that.
0: Right, but but and Apple that, got got Apple got away along without Steve Jobs for a while, but then they realized that they had to have him back, and he did bring it to a new level. And that was a thought when he died: could they sustain? That, that's it? what I'm saying. Do they have
1: enough things in the vault, or is it just going to fall flat?
0: Well, he's dead. He's been dead for two years. That's what I'm saying. But they've well, been more than they're doing. Very, more than two they're years. They're doing very very well.
1: No, my point is, how many ideas are they going to create new ideas? But
0: let's go back to what we talked about earlier. Was Steve Jobs actually creating these things or was it the crew underneath him? Yeah, but you're going, we're going way off. Well, no, I'm no, just, it's, it's, it's germane to topic. My point is, did Steve Jobs actually create the iPad or was it a group of. Um, yes, I know. That's underneath like, That's it, like, like Stan
1: Lee. That's what I'm saying. Go back to that. But I'm just saying, Disney, are they creating anything new?
0: Right. Yes. Well, Star Wars is not new, but Storage Wars, not new also, but talk about. Powerful segue. Talk, talk about, we talked about how Disney played billions for Star Wars. How about finding millions? Now, this, this story I can talk about because I did this. I actually went to Storage Locker Auctions. I'm a Storage Locker Auction expert. Do you have a question for me? Thanks.
1: Are they all staged on um, Storage Wars?
0: Well, do, do they put
1: high-ticket items in there?
0: That's what they claim. That's what Dave, he actually left the show for a while because he, yep. said, he said that they were staging the storage lockers. Um, but what reality show isn't staged? We, we all know that. I mean, he was paid well. Just shut your pie hole and go, go along with it. God, they were making like 10, 15000 an episode. Who cares if they're staged, for God's sakes? Don't tell me you're making more money on that storage locker than you are the ten fifteen that A&E is paying you. However, um, there was a storage locker. A lot of people would ask me too when I used to do the storage locker thing. Is there ever anything inside them that you make money off of? And generally, the question is, it's never one thing. It's a combination of everything that you find within the storage locker. So you like the smalls, as they say in the business? The smalls are good. The bigs are good. Depends on what Depends what the smalls are and what the bigs are, Um, but generally it's a lot of money over the course of a lot of items. It never really. Everybody thinks you're gonna open it up and there's that 19 classic 29 Harley Davidson. The first of it doesn't work that way.
1: Let me ask you this. Ask me whatever. What's the biggest find you found? That's that typical question I always get. Exactly. What
0: is it? When I opened up a locker and I saw you in there, (laughs) that was damn big. That's a whole lot of love. (laughs) That's a whole lot of love. Again, it's never – every. that's the so common you, question.
1: So you haven't found anything decent?
0: Well, I mean, we have found rare coins and some Oh, jewel- you found some
1: coins. All right. Yeah,
0: but still, they're not like these – you know what I was really shocked is we found some coins from Caesar Augusta Day. I'm like, oh, my God, we have really – we're going to become multimillionaires on this. They, they're, like, worthless. They're, like, so common. There was so much of it. I, I'm like, really? I mean, this comes back from, like, Caesar time. How I know.
1: You- I know. Collecting is so weird, too. Like, it has to do with condition and if the nerds like it or not. So mm-hmm. it's not even age. It's just it's this weird witchcraft hodgepodge of ways to determine the value of
0: well, something. Well, the biggest thing that determines something's value is how many were made. That that in of itself is... But one. even
1: that, if someone doesn't like it, if it doesn't... You know, I'm sure there's something that was only made a couple things and no one's collecting it because they don't like it.
0: Well, I mean... So I, it, it,
1: there's, there's a lot of things factoring in. Factoring in, but I, I agree with you some from the, you know, Roman coin you would think would be worth billions and it's not, but some weird, you know, coin that was double striked or forgot the mint. Or mark like Abe on it.
0: Lincoln, it doesn't say in God we trust or something. It's like $5 million What? And so you look at all your coins for the first day and you oh, I forget it. I'm not going to find that lucky coin. But talk about lucky. Um, storage Wars, of course, the object of the movie or the television series is they actually go to these abandoned storage lockers. And the people who own them relinquish the rights to them. And the storage companies actually auction them off. And then people will come to these auctions in hopes to get them and find some valuable things in there or enough stuff to make it worth their time to make a living. And people sell stuff. People repurpose this stuff. Thrift stores, auctions, a big, big business. People like to go picking and go through this stuff. Um, but um, they talked to that Dotson, who is the auctioneer on that program, about what the biggest find was. He gets the same question posed to him as I do. And it was reported just recently that there was a woman who bid $500 on a storage locker. And what do you think? They opened it up and there was only one thing in their little safe, which is a good sign. But more times than not, it's not. It's a safe. There's nothing in there. This. And,
1: and sometimes the safe is worth the money. The actual safe. People collect safes. Yes. Very true.
0: Um, so they open up the safe, probably expecting to find not much of anything. And you know what they found, eggs. I do not. $7.5 million. Could you imagine? In paper? Paper coin currency, yes. Yush. Seven and a half million dollars was found in a storage locker. Now, generally, stories like this will bring bring people out in droves. I'll never forget when we were doing the storage locker thing. Storage Wars, you could tell, was on the night before that week because people who you kind of knew all the cast and crew of people that were showing up on a weekly basis. Then you'd see all these newbies. Because they thought they were going to strike it rich with a $7.5 million fine. It doesn't work that way. I mean, it's a very rare, rare, rare thing. But $7.5 million found on a storage war set. And they trace—they did track down the owner. And the owner, I don't know who the heck would take $7.5 million to just store it in something like that. But you figure it was a kid whose mom and dad passed away. Didn't care for, I mean, kids never care about their mom and dad's stuff. So they just throw it into a storage locker. They probably took the safe too. Slipped through the cracks. They got a hold of the person and said they wanted, they'd give them 600 grand if they would give them the money back. Would you take that offer, Daggs? Be a good person, or would you just take the seven and a half million? So they contacted the rightful owner? No, no, the rightful owner heard about it. Okay. And how would you know that that was actually the rightful owner? I'm sure there had to be some form of proof.
1: Okay, let's assume it was the rightful owner.
0: Yeah, the rightful owner got a hold of the person that bought the storage locker. For five hundred bucks, and found the seven and a half million dollars in there. And they says, "Hey, we want that money back, and and uh, a show of good faith, we'll give you six hundred thousand dollars. Thank you for your time. Thank you for finding our money, but we want six hundred grand. Would you accept that offer?" Legally, who owns the safe now? Legally, it'd be the person that bought the. That's all done by the by to the letter of the law. You cannot sell anything before those those storage lockers go to auction there's a long process of legalities that have to happen before before that uh can actually go to an auction so to the letter of the law it's followed that safe becomes yours and so the people who say wait a minute man we screwed up please please bring it back to us we'll give you six hundred thousand dollars what would you do that's life-changing money, 5.7, is it? 7.5. 7.5? 7.
1: Thank 5. you for listening. I yes. just did what you did. Yeah. You always yeah. flip numbers. Yep.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. Killer hunter, hunter killer.
0: Yes. 600,000. ACDCDCAC. Yes, go ahead. You flipped too, but it's in different bars. Ethically,
1: you should take the 600,000. Okay. I'd have to sleep on it.
0: Let me sleep on it, baby, baby, let me sleep on it. I don't know, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I mean, none of us are in that position, but um, ultimately they agreed on giving the money back, but they asked for double that. They got like one and a half million. And I really think at that point, the person who lost the money has zero leverage. You could say, screw you. But on the same token, you as the new founder of this wealth, could you sleep at night? Karma chameleon. Would it be an evil?
1: Would it be hexed? Would it be a curse? Kind of like opening
0: up King Tuts. Well, there'd have to be an uh, there'd have to be an awfully strong argument that proved that you were the rightful owner. And if there was, I think I would probably do half. Listen, there's seven and a half million after taxes. I'm gonna give you three million. Here's my three million. We're happy. End of story. I think that's a pretty fair and equitable agreement.
1: Was the original owner a Nigerian prince?
0: I don't know, but um, I have a personal friend of mine who just contacted me via email. He's a Nigerian prince, and I'm going to get back to him. We're going to have fun.
1: Thank you for that powerful story, Johnny Rage. And I want to thank the fans. Thank the listeners. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We do it all for you. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Amish Baby Machine podcast. The Amish Baby Machine podcast is available on iTunes and on the Stitcher radio app, available for iPhone, iPad, Android, and Kindle Fire. Please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine and visit our webpage, www.amishbabymachine.com. Thank you for listening. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production, all rights reserved.